0: But once a year, I get to don the soccer boots and play a game of soccer, and that is against uh, students at our school that I work at. I'm a member of the staff team, and I've been playing the game for about 17 years, and I, there was one dream of mine, one passion of mine, and that it was to score a goal, to score a single goal. I thought, how wonderful it would be. And I, It took me back to my childhood and younger days and, you know, playing down the park with my friends. And, uh, you know, it was just such a wonderful thing. I always loved the thought of scoring a goal. And uh, it was just a thrill. And in 2012, that was my year. That was the year where I was able to score not one, but two. Not only that, three goals. Three goals. I couldn't believe it. All the A graders were... Quite amazed and shocked that I could possibly score three goals and you know what when I scored that goal those goals and I've got a couple of pictures up on the screen when I scored those goals I was <laughs> static I was so happy Do you know I I was over the moon and uh, you know I was uh, I was celebrated around the school all the students were high-fiving me and and the staff were a bit wow Darren. how could you you're amazing And I was, you know, walking around. You know, I was on cloud nine. It was bizarre. It was unusual, to say the least, that that I felt this good about scoring a goal in soccer. And, uh, you know, mind you, I've never done it since. In fact, I keep saying I'm going to retire because that was my one and only year. It was a miracle, to say the least. But I have to say that soccer, football, is just a game. It's just a game. It's not that important in the scheme of things. What if you were able to kick or reach a goal or a desired result that really mattered in your life? I mean, what would your life look like? How would you feel? How would it impact others? For example, we're talking about the Daniel plan and about getting well physically and Mentally and emotionally, and, and of course, in every way, but physically, you know, what would it be like to get into the best shape of your life? What would it be like to, to lose five, ten, fifteen, twenty kilograms? Wow, I can only imagine how you would feel. You would feel pretty good, I think. Well, what would it be like intellectually if you get to the end of this year and you've read a couple of books or You've gone to a course, and you go to your workplace, and you are adding value because of this rich, vibrant intellectual uh, life that you've come—that comes from reading and study. You know what would it be like relationally, if you uh, to really connect this year with people that matter most to you, to take the most intimate of your relationships to the next level, to, to really feel connected, to be fully present. What would it be like financially to make some progress toward reducing debt, being able to save for that holiday that is much needed? I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Or what about spiritually, where you feel really connected to God? You feel that you're being guided and led by His Spirit, where you're loving His Word, praying like never before, sensing His presence again, serving Him with your spiritual gifts. You know, what would that be like? What would that look like? You know, I want you to embrace these possibilities this morning as we look at this very important third topic, third topic in our Daniel Plan series. You see, these possibilities that I'm talking about can be reached as we consider turning them into goals. And setting goals, I believe, is a tremendous key to helping us move from our current reality that Pastor Philip Mutzelberg shared about last week to our desired future. Our current reality to our desired future by considering this topic of goal setting. You know, throughout Scripture uh, we see that goal setting is evident. We see that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. We see that there was uh We will see nations that were saved from famine by good planning, by good goal setting. We see freedom coming from from oppressors uh, through Moses uh, and what he did, what God used him for. We see moving to new lands. We think of Abraham. We think of overcoming enemies right through scripture. We think of seeing relationships restored and character built. Jesus himself had a goal. Of course, we all know that His goal was beyond the cross, but part of his goal was to to go to Calvary and die on a cross, bringing salvation to us all. Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, was a goal setter. He had a goal to preach the word of God throughout Europe. He had a goal to stand before world leaders uh, to defend the faith. He had a goal to write numerous letters to encourage Christians and so forth. You know, goals, I think, help us focus our time, our energy and resources to what is truly important in life. Setting goals can be like, I think, an act of stewardship where you're saying, well, God, I wanna make the most of what you've given me. It can be an act of worship. God, I give you back the life that you have given me and I wanna use it and go in your direction. You see, I believe goals put structure and timelines around our obedience to God's will and his word. And I think having good and godly goals stops us from drifting, from drifting and living a wasteful life. Paul gives us some wise advice in thinking about our focus and our time. And he says in Ephesians chapter 5 and You have them in your notes there. You have the scripture in your notes, but I'd like to read it nonetheless. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think that's a powerful scripture. And Paul here is saying be very careful about where you put your time, your energy, where you live, how you live your life. Be intentional as to where you're going to spend your time. Focus on what's truly important, knowing and understanding and living out God's purpose and will for your life. Now this morning I want to get fairly practical. I want to talk to you about the process by which uh, you can establish some goals in your life and then go through some steps in which uh, to develop those goals into, into very real and, and goals that you can follow. First up, uh, to get you started on this journey into goal setting, I'd like to ask you some relevant questions, some questions that might prompt you to select one, two, three. They research suggests that between one and ten goals is probably minimum maximum. I know some people like just to have one goal for the year and focus entirely on that. Others go for four or five, six or seven. I have seven goals that I'm focusing on this year. I know I've reached two. I'm a bit slow, but I'm getting there. But here are some prompters, some questions that perhaps you can ask yourself, ask God, to help you clarify, I suppose, uh, the types of goals that you might have and want to set for your life. Firstly, what is something that you desire from God? What, if you had that question, if that question was put to you today, what is one thing, what is something that you really desire from God? Psalm 27 verse 4, David was a man who had many needs and challenges, but he prayed this, he asked In Psalm 27 verse 4, there's one thing that I want from the Lord, one thing that I ask from the Lord, and this is what I seek, and that is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. What is something you desire from God? That question came your way this morning. For you, it could be a son or a daughter that has turned their back on God. That is your focus. That is something you desire from God more than anything else in the entire world right now in your life. And that is okay. It could be to see a family member restored. I remember being with our cousins in the United States a number of years ago. And, our, and they were struggling with the, with a family member, a distant a brother that had separated himself from the family. And it was such a challenge for them. And it was his entire focus, to, my cousin's entire focus, to pray for family restoration in that situation. Maybe it's to hear God's voice again. It was so clear to you some years ago. And God, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to know your thoughts. I just want to know your direction. I want to know what you have for me. Maybe it's healing in your life or for that, for a loved one. Maybe it's to get a better job. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're not even sure about God. You're not even sure if he exists. You're not sure about Christianity. And so perhaps Something that you desire from God is that He would reveal Himself to you. That He would clearly reveal Himself. Show me yourself, God. If you're real, then reveal yourself to me, Lord. That's something I prayed before I was a Christian. Second question Where do I need to grow? Where do you need to grow? Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man, Luke 2.52. And 2 Peter 3, verse 17, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Peter here in this scripture encourages us to grow in our knowledge of Jesus and his grace. Perhaps that should be our goal as as Christians, obviously it is. It's there in Scripture. But perhaps there are other areas in your life that you need to grow in. Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe it's your parenting skills. Maybe it's your marriage. That Maybe it's your workplace situation. And you just know you need to grow in a specific area. You know, what area of your life is being highlighted as an area that you could focus on? Even in this next little period of your life. And improve on what is God say prompting you to grow in to build strength and strengthen right now I've got a a sore shoulder uh, through a, a personal training um, mishap I have a, a an inflamed right shoulder and I I'm, <laughs> I'm going through physio I've never ever had physio before in my life but I'm having to go through physio now and they're, what the physio is telling me to do is specific exercises to build up my back, to build up my, the back of my shoulder. All I want to do is do weights and try and do this and try to correct it quickly, but she's telling me specifically I need to grow in, in the use of my, the back, my back and the middle part of my back and my back shoulder and it's, it's exercises that are taking me away from building up this area and building up the front, the, the, my, my chest area and she's saying, you need to grow in this area before you can do that. And it's quite fascinating as I even consider this. Where do I need to grow? And, you know, maybe God is speaking to you like that physio is speaking to me about specific areas in my body that I need to work on to improve on. Thirdly, and am moving through these fairly quickly, what do I need to let go of? It's story of the the rich young ruler it's a an intriguing story and Jesus is speaking to him he says to the he comes up to Jesus and he says well what do I need to to do to inherit eternal life and Jesus answered and he responded with a whole bunch of things and the and the young man says you know I've kept all these commandments since I was a boy And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing, just one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. That's a powerful, challenging scripture. Some of us hold on to everything, don't we? We just hold on. We don't want to let go of things. Our money... Possessions, stuff, long working hours. At what expense? Some of us hold on to more serious things like grudges and unforgiveness. But here's the question this morning. Is there something you need to let go of? Is there something that you need to let go of? For the rich young man, it was one thing his material possessions. Jesus just went straight to the core of the matter. This is what you need to focus on. This is your goal. He didn't put a timeline on it. He just said, give it up. Let that go. And you know, Jesus can speak to us even this morning and say, hey, John, Bill, Fred, Mavis, <laughs> I'm trying to think of names, <laughs> Frida." This is what I'd like you to give up. This is what I want you to give up. Put some time and energy and effort into that particular area of your life. And what is it? For you, it might be unforgiveness. And John mentioned that so powerfully this morning. It might be a bad habit you need to kick, an excess, an addiction, cream buns. I'm not sure what it is <laughs> that you're into, but <laughs> maybe God is speaking to you this morning. You know, in 2012, my wife and I, praying at the beginning of the year, we thinking about goals and things that God is wanting us to do in that particular year, we felt a distinct sense that we need to reduce our debt to free up funds, we prayed about this often because we knew what it meant. It meant selling our dream home that I'd spent a long time planning for and working on and paying for. But after much deliberation and wrestling, we decided to put it on the market in the second half of 2012. And lo and behold, it sold! I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it would sell, but it did it did sell and we moved into a smaller home reducing our debt significantly in the process it was not easy it was oh, it was so hard to let go but you know I think now I think a year and a half later since moving I am so much freer I feel so much better I think there's more to life than being in significant debt And I thank God for helping me, for giving me that goal and for enabling me, enabling us to do what needed to be done to see that goal fulfilled. And finally, and there's a number of questions I could ask this morning, but finally, this is a biggie. You know, what is God asking you to do? What is God asking you to do? There's some interesting verses that I'd like to read In James chapter 4, verse 13 and 15, James says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say we will live and do this or that. Sorry, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this or that. James is not saying it's wrong to set goals. It's wrong to have plans. It's wrong to think ahead and and plan for something. What he's saying there is that we need to commit ourselves to God. We need to say, Lord, what is your will? And then we will do this or that. And so the ultimate idea is to know and understand God's will. God's will, God's purpose, God's plan for your life. I'd like to add a scripture to that. In one in sorry, Colossians chapter one, verse nine and ten. I don't think it's in your notes, but this is one of my absolute all-time favorite scriptures, and I did have it until my marker left left my Bible. But here it is in a nutshell. Paul praying to the Colossian church. And he's thanking them for their their faith and their love. But he says this, powerful scripture. He says, I pray that you may be filled with a knowledge of his will. I pray that you may be filled with a knowledge of his will. Paul here is praying that you will be filled with insight, with understanding, with words, with clarity about God's purpose and will for your life. It really hit me one day as I was thinking about this scripture. Pray that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. His will, knowledge, meaning you're reading, you're understanding, you're, it's, it's come, you're getting insight into it. His will can be known. And He speaks to you and I individually, and He says, I pray. Paul is praying that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. I'm praying that for you today, that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. Why? Because we need to know what I'm meant to be doing with my days. We need to know what we're doing with our weeks, with our years, with our life. As that scripture says, we're a mist. We're a dash. Born, dash, die. We have a dashed time. We're on this earth for a period. And we need to make the most of it. We need to do what matters most. I want to encourage us all to seek out what it is you were put on this earth to do and pursue it with all your effort. My daughter's here this morning, and I know she doesn't like me mentioning her name, but I'm so proud of my daughter. She's a person like this, and tomorrow she's going to Cambodia. She's going to Cambodia for four weeks to work with a missions organisation there that feeds the poor and the battling, working in an orphanage as well. I just think it's, it's a great thing. The questions that you need to ask yourself is, should I apply for that job, Lord? What should I be doing in this next season of my life? What, we, what is your will regarding my finances, my relationships with my family? What is your will regarding my health? You know, our focus is on health this morning. What is your will? Well, I think it's becoming quite loud and clear in terms of what God's will is for our health. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just quickly, before we finish up and talk, give some practical tips around how to prepare goals, just recently, Jason Perriott, a good friend of our, my wife and I's, my wife and I's, was, uh, was in a member of this church until just two weeks ago. And he'd been a part of this church for over a year and a half. And it was his last Sunday. And I was talking to him, just saying goodbye to him. And I was asking him, you know, I knew what he was doing. He's an English teacher. He got a job at Dolby Christian College. And I just congratulated him, and I asked him why he became a teacher. And he said this with tears in his eyes, just welled up in his eyes as I was just speaking to him. And he said, "You know, Darren, I was I was just a teacher aide. I was just, but you know, I just loved being with the kids. I, I loved encouraging them and speaking into their life. And I was praying about my future, and I was just, I was just deliberating and questioning. And he said." I just had a whisper in my mind, a whisper in my heart, Jason, become a teacher. Go back to college. Become a teacher. And you know, with a family, young family, and his wife, he applied with their, with their blessing. And he went to uni, and he was accepted as a mature age student. It was tough. It was tough. We walked that journey with them for some time. But you know, he graduated a couple of weeks ago. He applied for a job out at Dolby. First job he applied for, and he got it. And he was just, he just said, oh, God has been good. These are just four questions that can help you focus on, on what some of your goals could be this morning. You know, what do you want from God? What do you desire from God? Where can I grow? You know, what do I need to give up? And what is God asking me to do in this next season of my life? Just for the remainder of our time, I'll share briefly about some practical keys and tips in terms of how to develop our goals and move us forward from current reality to desired future. These are things that have helped me, and I'm still working on them, by the way. I haven't got a perfect uh, way of doing goals yet. I'm working on it though. Each year I seem to get it a little better. But I think firstly, whatever the case, I think we need to write down some of the things that God is speaking to us about. We need to write down our goals. You know, research does suggest that 40, it increases the likelihood of achieving goals by 42% if you write them down. So I want to encourage you, write down goals. This is what the Lord God of Israel says, write in a book all the words I have spoken to you. Can you imagine if people didn't write things down? Where would we be today if we didn't have the written word of God? That's just one point I could make about that I could spend a lot more time in regard to writing. Secondly, I think, I think not every situation requires it, but I believe that we should try to have timelines around our goals life is a journey i understand that and our ultimate goal is heaven is being with jesus but while we're on earth i think it's good to have some timelines around goals for example perhaps uh, 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 and so i say make them specific make them measurable you know uh, for example is uh, is losing weight is that a, a good goal to have that's a little bit too ambiguous, I feel. I think it'd be better to say, well, I want to lose five kilograms by 31st of December, perhaps, I don't know. It's in your hands in terms of a timeline. You know, we need to be realistic too. I talked a little bit about soccer earlier. I'm never going to play for my favorite football team, Arsenal, ever, except it's not going to be a goal. That I'm going to aim for, because I will never get there. I am a D-grade player, at best. Daniel chapter one is a scripture there for you, eleven to fourteen. Daniel, even Daniel, when he's talking about you know going on a, a vegetable diet, he says, "Look, give us ten days, and I'm going to prove to you in ten days that I'm going to show you a difference." Daniel set a timeline in regards to achieving goals thirdly we need to find our why you know what is your motivation what is our motivation behind achieving any goal because I think this is important inevitably all of us hit what I call a messy middle we start we start with gusto I'm gonna get that I'm gonna achieve that goal and then you know Halfway through, we're sort of struggling, we're battling. We're we're, we're going through a messy middle, we're losing focus, and it gets very difficult. And the only way to stick with it, I think, is to find your reasoning, your motivation, your why. What is at stake? Why does it matter? What why is it so important that I achieve this goal? And I think of the Apostle Paul, and I've done doing a lot of reading on the Apostle Paul recently in regard to his life. And he writes this, he says, Christ's love compels me. He compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And 15, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. There's so many whys coming through the apostle Paul. He was motivated by what Jesus had done for him. On the cross, he was motivated by his mercy and his love and his compassion, and the fact that he was saved. He was motivated for numerous reasons, but just for time's sake, I'm going to move on and finish. I think you need to next devote yourself, devote yourself to fulfilling and completing your goals. Paul, again writing to Timothy, his son in the faith, and he says this. He says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gifts which were given to you through prophecy, laying on of hands. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. In the same way, I think we need to be devoted to what we've been asked to do be diligent, consistent, and hardworking, to give ourselves wholly, meaning to be entirely focused, to pursue excellence, to give our very best to that, what it is that we're meant to be doing. And he says, you know what? When you give yourself wholly to them, people will see your progress. And not just other people, you will see it. You will see progress. You will start to feel good you will start to see something happen. You will score some goals. And it's a beautiful thing when you score a goal on a soccer field, but but let me say, it's a 100 times more beautiful when you achieve some of the goals that God has set for you, when you achieve some of the goals that you feel that are meant for you. One of these goals that we felt this year to do was to update our will. Such an exciting topic to talk about in church. Update our will? Are you sure about that? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) What does it mean? I'm a bit nervous about setting my will. But we felt to do it. And this was, I'm just going to be practical here. This is what I wrote down in my goal sheet. I said, my goal is to update my will by the 31st of March 2015. Hold on. (laughs) <laughs> all right this goal is important to me because and these are my whys because God's words commands us that we provide for our children our current will is out of date There are my two reasons for updating our will all right and my next steps are because I want to talk to you about the next steps are to get a quote from two local solicitors Fill out the relevant paperwork, send it to the solicitor, pay the money, meet with the solicitor, and sign the documents. Now, I think there's five steps there, but I broke it down into five steps. Step one, get two quotes. And that was my first goal, step two quotes. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. But on the 6th of June, yes, we were late with our goal. I'm not perfect, though. But on the 6th of June, on a Friday afternoon, I think it was, My wife and I signed those documents and I was walking into the car and I felt the same as the soccer goal. I thought, I've done it. Lord, it's done. It's over. We've finally got that goal and we can put it to bed. Oh, gee, I felt good. bit bizarre about, you know, signing a will, I know, but there's something about fulfilling goals. Josh Billings said this great quote. He says, be like a postage stamp. Stick to one thing until you get there. <laughs> you know, if you, if you are stuck, you know, get some help. It may be a, a financial planner or a dietitian, or a fitness trainer. It could be any number of resources. It could be to connect, uh, to, be, to view a connect group and so on. And finally, this morning, I think it's important to celebrate when you reach a certain goal. In life Psalm 9 verse 1 I'll give thanks to the Lord with all my heart I'll tell of your wonders and there's tremendous joy as I said in reaching goals and I want to encourage you to 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 give time to goals it's and but once you achieve those goals it's worth stopping and reflecting on the process thanking God for his goodness Thanking people who've assisted you, reflecting on what you've learned and giving yourself a pat on the back for reaching a certain level. Now, just quickly as we close, and this is my conclusion this morning, there are clearly going to be obstacles and challenges in reaching of any goal, hurdles. You know, you might be saying to yourself this morning, look, I'd really like to walk or run in the, the, the park to park, but there's a little voice another voice that says are you kidding me remember last year you only lasted one kilogram one kilometer i should say you only you only went so far you you, you won't be able to do this you can't do it. and we're already popping our balloons we, we we have all kinds of there's there's all kinds of reasonings and things that go on in our brain especially that say we can't achieve these things you know some of us have had setbacks and failures and not I can say maybe in this meeting this morning you've, you've had a challenge you know life can be hard but I want to say that as someone who has who's been hit metaphorically by a Mack truck a couple of times in my life your future does not have to equal your past you know think of the Paul, Paul again he, he stuffed up big time he was complicit in murdering Christians, but God reached out and touched his life in a powerful way. He became a Christian and he understood God's grace on his life. And he wrote this incredible incredible statement in Philippians 3 and he said, You know, I don't consider myself yet having taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do is forget what is behind and I strain forward to what is ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, God can and will wipe the slate clean as you come to Him this morning. Even this morning, the past is the past, as John said so brilliantly. The past is the past. It's gone. There is nothing we can do to change it. But the future is like a blank canvas. Nothing has been painted on it yet. It's beautiful. It's clean. Perhaps this morning you're here and your focus is in your life has been on everything and anything but God but Christianity but the important things in life and Jesus has something to say to you he says this what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul I want to encourage you this morning to think about that think about where you spend your time where you spend your thoughts how you live your life I believe God wants to do a new thing in your heart and life this morning and, yet, and if that's you I want to invite you at the end of this service once Tim has closed the service to come forward and talk to me and talk to one of the pastors or elders so what class do you need to take what book should you read What bad habit needs to go? What diet do you need to start? What exercise program could you do? What apology do you need to make? What do you need to do today that will point you in the direction of God's purpose for your life? You know, setting godly good goals is an intentional response to God's leading and promptings As I stated earlier, it puts structure and support around our obedience to His will and word. Goals help us to focus our energy, time and resources toward what is truly important. They stop us drifting and living a meaningless life. You know, I think there's more at stake than you could possibly realize. There's not just yourself to think about, but it's your family. It's... Your workplace, It's this church. It's your community. It's those that you love and care about. They are the ones that will know, also appreciate you reaching and aiming for your goals. And I want to say this as a final statement. If you're willing to set and work towards worthwhile goals, this really could be, in the next six months, one of your best years ever. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the privilege and honour to to share your word this morning. I know you've challenged me, certainly, as I've considered this message and this topic around the Daniel plan. It's forced me to re-look at my goals, Lord, and to ensure that you are in all that I think about and do ultimately lord we me us as a church we want to honor you we want to want your name to be glorified whatever we do we want to do for the glory of god so we commit ourselves afresh to you this morning lord if there are those here this morning that have no away from god that are that are drifting if you like that are not close to god i, I pray that you would by your spirit touch them Minister to them right now. Challenge them, Lord. Help them to, to step forward, Lord, perhaps for prayer. That's what you would ask them to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus.